You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Negroni. And I'm Travis Hymas. And today we're doing a manga recap of One Piece Chapter 1087, titled Battleship Bags. Definitely my favorite chapter title in a while. And speaking of things that have been a while, Travis and I were, were sitting down to actually talk about a One Piece chapter. It feels a little weird, but also great. It has been a drought genuinely and this isn't even the first like several week break one piece has had even recently but wow what we were left with was just so much information that it was like it it really did feel like a drought we were in it we were in the desert looking for an oasis and uh, some of us found oasis in the form of friends family loved ones you know, uplifting themselves through media. Uh, I found Domestic Girlfriend, and uh, Travis has already warned me not to talk about Domestic Girlfriend, uh, a manga that I read in one week and has changed my life. But no, we're here to talk about One Piece, and I don't want to get in any more trouble than I already am with not just Travis, but apparently uh, Evan Griffin as well, shouting him out, uh, games editor of In Between Drafts. But uh, as usual, we will be discussing spoilers for the One Piece manga up until this chapter. So if you have not yet read chapter 1087, be sure to do so now for free on the Viz website or Shonen Jump, the app linked in the show notes as always. And remember, all new chapters are going to be available for you to read for free up to three weeks after the official release or whenever you want if you are a member of Shonen Jump, which we are and do recommend. But Travis, I know some, some of the people listening, I mean, I'll, I think every single one, they they want to hit us up. They want to know how to connect with us. How do they do it? Well, there's a couple of ways. So if you do want to hear um, John's hour and a half screen on Domestic Girlfriend, which I have heard uh, is good from him. Uh, wait, you wait, can't wait, let us know. <laughs> you use the word good so, so judiciously as if it has one <laughs> meaning, as if there's such a, if the world is that binary. <laughs> But if you if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, you can let us know. Uh, there's a couple of ways to do that. Of course, you can send us an email at rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. You can let us know what we got wrong during this episode. Let us know that you want to hear John talk about Domestic Girlfriend. Anything in the anime or manga space, we want to hear from you. But the best way to do that is to join the In Between Drafts Discord. There is I love a the link Discord. in the short show notes. Yeah, the Discord's popping off. Uh, we have people joining very regularly now, which is great. Uh, a lot of good conversations and we don't just talk about anime and manga there in the discord we discuss everything that the site covers uh, from film to tv to games and more uh so pop on in join the community it's a good time can't wait to see you yeah because uh you know the discord is where i go for the latest like one piece stuff now that i i don't have the twitter i don't have twitter anymore and so I was I was mainly keeping up to date on One Piece through accounts on Twitter. And the Discord has been a, a great resource for that because we have awesome, awesome, awesome Discord users who are totally in love with One Piece and anime and manga as much as as much as as if not more than us, I would say. But let's get into this chapter, chapter 1087, 
Very excited to get into it with you, Travis. Uh, we do not have a break next week, but we do know we're going to have a break the following week. So we do we do need to figure out what our coverage is going to be around then. I, I do hope we can have a summer anime catch-up kind of thing since there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out the last couple of weeks. I have so many things on my watch list, and I really want to you know get to that. But for now, we have uh, our main beats here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to fly through this. Here we go. Uh, we have a reader request that features Ace. It's fun. That's all I wanted to say about it. I like capybaras. Um, okay, so Battleship Bags. The chapter opens at a ship graveyard on the G1 naval base. I think that's where Marineford was, where we see Commodore Brandu telling Django in full body about how Garp and Kuzan used to train by punching holes into battleships without using devil fruits or hockey, and they earned their strength by sheer effort. This cuts us back to the fight on Hachinosu, or Pirate Island full of lead, between the Marines and the Blackbeard Pirates, where Garp has just thrown the massive San Juan Wolf into the water where he has to be saved from drowning. At the same time, we see Garp taking on tons of pirates on his own, including Vasco Shot, while some of the Marines evacuate the captives and injured off the island. Carp uh Garp. That's like Garp and Kobe's relationship name. Garp calls on Kobe, Prince Groose, and Helmeppo to pull back with him now that the evacuation is complete, but Kuzan returns after the massive blow he took from Garp several chapters ago, and the two are about to resume their fight. But first, Kobe gets lured into a trap by Shiryu, forcing Garp to save him by getting in the way and being stabbed through the gut with Shiryu's blade. Garp, still on his feet despite this, knocks out Shiryu in response, but his injuries have left him vulnerable enough for the Blackbeard pirates to swarm him and seize upon his cross-guild bounty, worth three billion berries. Kuzan rushes past these small fry pirates, however, and takes Garp head-on with his ice glove attack. Before the blow actually happens, we flash back to a much younger Garp training a much younger Kuzan as his apprentice, and then we flash forward to Garp lamenting his son and grandson becoming a revolutionary and a pirate, respectively. And then it all comes to their final blows against one another, resulting in Garp fallen and Pizarro using his Isle Isle fruit to cut off their escape. And to make matters worse, Pizarro reaches out a massive island-powered hand to strike down the evacuating ship. But the chapter ends with Garp telling Kobe not to panic and that justice will prevail. We're back on Hachinosu. I did not see this coming. I think we might have thrown it out. It's like, oh, maybe we'll get more of this fight later. But I was so sure, like, after the break, we'd be going to Egghead. And I do think we will be going to Egghead by the end of the next chapter. I think that's a given. I think we've got a little bit of a chat, uh, this stuff left to, like, tie it up. And then we're going to, boom, Egghead's coming back. But Travis, initial thoughts. I mean, you hit the first thing right on the head is I absolutely came into this expecting to go back to Egghead because we've been just without the main story. It's almost like we've flipped the script, because if you're a longtime One Piece reader, which I hope you are, because we've just been spoiling things left and right here. You have noticed that a lot of interesting things happen off screen. They happen in chapter cover stories if they get covered at all while, you know, in the main story. Sometimes we just get them as exposition later. This is the kind of thing that would be that in a previous arc. But we are not in that time anymore. We're in the final saga. So now a lot more time is being dedicated to these brawls and these events. And as a result, it almost feels like whatever's happening on Egghead is the thing we're going to find out happened later. Um, that's not the case, obviously. But it does, it does, it did leave me, I think, initially kind of disappointed because I really wanted to get back to Egghead. Um, and yeah, uh, that's not what happened uh, it, at all. 
but what an interesting uh, opening there with um mm-hmm. it almost feels like it almost feels like oda does see the tweets about power scaling like he has his own secret twitter account out there and he sees <laughs> everybody doing the power scaling so he he really really quick is like this is the power scale for kuzan and garp look <laughs> well it's not just that it's also it, the line that he says the strength of those heroes wasn't gifted at birth and he's saying it so seriously and i do think that oda sometimes wants to express that he hasn't gotten away from that feeling that these characters don't just inherit all they inherit will but they earn it too and so even though luffy is the grandson of garp luffy didn't start off being extremely gifted right he was inspired by a lot of things and it's almost sort of like a coincidence that he comes from like dragon and garp but really like I think that this is Oda trying to dial something in that I think a lot of people have been questioning ever since the Joy Boy thing, where it's like, is this a, another story about destiny? Like, no thanks. And I don't think that uh, that's the case. I think Oda still has some tricks up his sleeve, and this is a nice little seeding of that thought. I really like how he ties it up there. Oh, yeah. This is this is one of those things. Like, you hear that, you know, Kaido says things like, Roger didn't have fruit powers. And, like, you kind of know that, but we haven't really seen the full scale of what that means. Garp, on the other hand, is alive. It could demonstrate that right here, right now. And he is. Completely. He's absolutely making quick work out of multiple Titanic captains here. Although it is also interesting to me that, he, okay, look, we know he's gotten a little bit older, a little bit out of step, as he says. But... It didn't take like a lot of Blackbeard pirates to ultimately take him down, which to me sets up that Kuzan is a lot stronger than I think I gave him credit for when we did our tier list. So I think uh, one of the things I told you, Travis, ahead of time for this chapter is like, you know what? Or I think I said this in the Discord. I think I got it. I think I would at this point move Kuzan up the rankings quite a bit because Garp's not going down easy. Even getting stabbed like he did, Kuzan takes his blow and he brings Garp down. Now, I don't know if this fight's over. There could be another another step to this. I think that Kuzan's ultimately going to prevail, but I think we're going to see more of like the end point of Garp as a character. I don't think that means he'll die, but I do think something definitive is going to sound off his defeat, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The, death, the, the death flags are am- admittedly flying right now, for sure. Um, it's hard not to get that vibe. Um, I also do get the impression that some people still think that the, this is like a whole setup, like a bit like Kuzan's like undercover. I uh, man, I don't know. That sounds like Cope at this point to me because yeah. he hits extremely hard here. And the thing that I started thinking about when these two just started like changing blow for blow and we just saw how powerful we were really talking about here how much more powerful do you think sakazuki is right like we we may have to revisit the whole power scaling tier that we had (laughs) on that list uh the more we think about it but really like you know i think you're right i think in in terms of like current gart versus kuzan i i think that goes kuzan's way i think that's kind of the goal um but I think it is to establish him as a proper threat rather than as anything else. Um, Although, look, one v one, I don't think I don't think Kuzan wins, right? 
You know, it's one of those things. We're talking about a, a monkey, right? We're talking about a good old <laughs> monkey D. And that smile, that grin Garp gives right after throwing San Juan Wolf completely off an island. And everybody's like, this guy's mad. Like, that is the most Luffy looking grin. And it just leads into him doing just genuinely luffy stuff he's just like oh you want to keep going i can keep going we'll do this oh yeah i'll get stabbed whatever like it, it it's it's surprising just how much his style is like you could see that in luffy's style despite the fact that again the only training that garp really gave luffy specifically was throwing him down a ravine for training <laughs> question mark in there Fun? I mean. you know maybe uh you know well he does so. something similar with the, the characters like when basco shot is shooting his drunken spitfire he holds up pirates as a shield and then uses them as fireballs they're going to come out of that experience travis very strong like luffy himself yeah right right it, it's, it's such a luffy thing though he would do that absolutely be like oh that's a little hot you know and and hold a cp zero member <laughs> like uh it's 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 so incredible same with the flashback uh we get to see a, a young garp here we haven't seen a young garp in a while yeah uh, i think this might be the youngest we've seen him i could be wrong correct could, me if i am i think we might have seen a shot of him in the god valley but it might it might have been like before a silhouette that. or was he Maybe. i cannot remember is the thing he just looks so much like a grown-up luffy here He's got like the he same could, uh, really scar there under his eye. Um, just fun to see. Uh, I did want to point out to you, by the way, that, man, I mean, we we end the chapter, and I know I'm cutting all the way to the end here, but I, I just want to I just want to put this out there, right? Because uh, what's going to happen to Garp? And I, first of all, love how Pizarro's devil fruit is paying off here. I love that he has his own ambition that he speaks on, where he's like, I, you know, we want to make name for ourselves too. He's of course, talking about himself, trying to be like, I'm going to be the one who really like ends this fight. And what's going to happen next, right? Garp is down for the count. Kobe is like, you know, what happens to him at this point? And I would love, 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 love to see a, a big Kobe moment happen here. Because I think we need something to try to like, really sell that Kobe is on like the ascent and if he's the one who can find a way to stop that attack and save that ship, and maybe we see something huge happen with Kobe. I, I want that so badly, but it has to be Kobe deciding that he's not going to save Garp so that he can save those civilians. So that's what I want. Um, that's my big, bold prediction. If it doesn't happen that way, it's classic go to fashion, right? But that to me is what would feel the most fitting. Are you saying you want to see Kobe um, jump up in the air and, and like, a vertical down B onto Pizarro's hand there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Young, Just... young link. <laughs> no, but how perfect would that be? Cause it, he has to choose saving his friends over his mentor. And that's the thing that needs to drive. Cause we were talking about this before. We need something to really drive this guy to, he has to have his Obi-Wan moment, right? Sure. You know, I've, I've been, I've been curious about Kobe's motivations for a while. Um, you know, this really feels like to me, especially in that last panel right above, you know, the final panel with Garp talking, it, it's big Marine Ferd vibes. It's big um, right before Shank steps in thing um, to end the war kind of energy on Kobe's part. But nobody is coming this time. 
there, yeah. there's not going to be an intervention. There's no reason to be an intervention. So I think you're right. I think this is going to be a thing where the you know the, those remaining are going to have to deal with this themselves. And you, you know it's probably not going to be Gart. Uh, I do think Kobe is due for a big hero moment because we know that he's capable of it, but we've not seen that in action yet. Yeah, he was shackled, right? And uh, all these people did something for him. It would. We need something to try to avoid the weird drama of like all this stuff happened because Kobe got captured. And if he's right. able to have a hero moment, you're right. It, it definitely softens that blow at least a little bit. My question then is what happens to Garp? So if Garp does not die, which I don't think he will, I think there's still more to come with that character in the story, maybe. But if he does survive somehow and he's captured, the question then becomes, okay, well... What does Blackbeard use him as the bargaining chip that he was going to use Kobe as, or, you know, is he going to bring him to the cross guild for money? Um, because they directly point out here, he's worth 3 billion berries, same amount as an Admiral, uh, which makes sense. But I don't know, Travis, do you think that's, that's what's going to happen here? Cross guild or, uh, maybe something, maybe there's a third option. Maybe, I Maybe I do think else. it's it's worth remembering that the, like the the pirates living here on Pirate Island aren't necessarily like Blackbeard's crew, and he doesn't take care of them in the same way. Um, and that's even to say whether or not he takes care of you know his you know main crew, as, yeah, as you say, pointed like... out, they have their own ambitions. So you know, I it isn't to say that like these these lesser pirates get to jump on Garp and get his cross guild money. Like I don't think Blackbeard has any interest in that. Chances are good he's more good for cash than than the cross guild is. I'm just going to come out and say it. Well, that's um, why I would like the idea of like Blackbeard being like, ah, let's bring him and like take a bunch of money and then we'll use it to buy a big ship and it'll be something really childish but then the cross code will be like we actually don't have enough money to pay off <laughs> for an admiral yeah. and then right. i could see there being a really interesting like almost uh cross schism between the cross guild the straw hat pirates and the blackbeard pirates over garp do you do you think that like crocodile's assets were frozen <laughs> after alabasta did that ever come up Good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would like to look into that to see if it was the last time we, uh, we got a little peek at his bank account. Um, yeah. And, and actually, on that note too, because I don't, I don't want to lose the Aokiji of it all. He has his sort of like flashback moment. I almost find it kind of, pun intended, I guess, chilling how cold he is in this moment. His mentor, right? That he punches to kill. That that line cuts harder than any attack Garp has sustained. <laughs> You raised a formidable fight. foe. Just that's cold, man. That's that's. I love this little flashback. It's a one-page flashback, which doesn't happen that much in One Piece. Um, but it just it does a perfect job describing this relationship, and also kind of where it's broken down a little bit. I um, can't like. Why is it? That's the thing I don't fully understand. Why does Aokiji? Why does Kuzan hate? garp enough to do this is it hate is it just more sort of like I, you're in my way i i don't think it's hate i think it's i think it's a little bit more complicated than that because garp you know the garp you know post god valley is probably a slightly different garp but we see just over those very short panels as like Kuzan gets a little bit tougher with his punches every single time you know something else causes garp to whine you know uh you know, dragon and then Luffy, you know, uh, all, all of that over the course of time. And then Aokiji is an admiral, and now Garp is up, or is bothering him about like, oh, take time with me. Um, it's, it's, 
if I were to read into this super hard, it would seem to me that Garp came to see Kuzan as a replacement for the family members who didn't go his way. Whereas he sees Kobe as the future of the Marines. And I think he sees Kobe in the exact same showed. way. I think yeah. he sees Kobe in the same way in that, in that Kobe's following the path that Garp wanted for his children and grandchildren. Kuzan followed that for a little bit. And I do think that Ohara plays a factor in this, by the way, that like, you know, what is Kuzan's deal? I think it's more about the, the totality of things that he's witnessed more than a specific thing with Garp. But, you know, it, it is worth noting that Garp, does seem to have a little bit of projection, a little bit of, you know, funny projection. He even mentions at the beginning when, when Kuzan first asks him, he's like, don't, you know, don't get in the way of my freedom, which is an incredibly Luffy line. But, you know, then Garp kind of does the same thing as they flip back around and he's older now. And he's like, come have tea with me. Come to, you know, like come waste my time, you know, waste your time. And, you know, Kuzan doesn't want that anymore. That's the read that I get anyway. So you could almost like, argue this is the Luffy versus Garp fight by proxy almost. Almost. Because Kuzan is like the version of Luffy did, who did choose the life of the Marines. And then it didn't bring him what he wanted because that wasn't really his sense of justice, if you will. And to your point, he's at now at the point where he does not want the world government to continue for reasons that will probably get more indication later. And that's what drives him to not stay in that hole or not just let Garp and them leave. Like he could, he could have just left. He could have just been like, whatever, I don't care. But no, he decides I want to be the one who takes down Garp. And I want to be the one who strikes a real blow to the world government for, for reasons that I think should be kind of clear without Garp. They are significantly weaker. He was their unofficial sort of uh, fourth admiral. He was the hero. He it wasn't even just that he was powerful. It's important to note that Garp has this mythic status. You see it in yeah, the yeah. chapter. You see it where he gets stabbed by Shiryu and and all of a sudden he becomes mortal to the people in the area. How chilling when Shiryu is like laughing too. Yeah, because he, he got smile. a hit. Oof. He did what he needed to do. He made the man he made the god bleed, basically. Raises his stocks on him being up against right? Zoro, doesn't it? It does. It does. And that's where you find out that observation hockey does work on the clear, clear fruit and it's use. <laughs> that's where you find out. And it turns out he has to fight Usopp. That would be hilarious. Um, that's that's not going to happen. That would be pretty funny. Be funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, like just the idea that Garp can bleed is such a revelation <laughs> to even these pirates. <laughs> it's um, like five elders leaving their room kind right. of level. Of <laughs> right. Like this man throws cannonballs. This guy, like, just drops massive political upheaval like as a lore dump when he's picking his nose. Like, the, Garp is a very unique character, uh, both in and out of the story. And to take him down, whether that's capturing him or he is, you know, uh, dead, which I'm leaning towards the dead thing, personally, because I think that has more impact on Luffy directly. I'm putting the stocks in now, then. All right. Yeah. John, John predicts captured john predicts dead. garp has been captured travis predicts garp dead yeah in any case i do think that a, a victory here for kuzan is a victory for blackbeard and yeah. i think it's a big one because here's the thing about the yonko right they seem to have a tentative truce is not the right word but 
understanding with the Marines. Yeah. You know, the admirals do not go to the territories of the of the Yonko and pick a fight. You know, right? Uh, Green Bull wasn't even cleared to go to Wano after Kaido was confirmed defeated. Like he did that of his own volition. They don't do this. Um, when more than one of them shows up on a battlefield, there has to be a literal strategic consideration to just how much collateral damage it is going to cause to pick another fight. So this idea that someone as powerful as an admiral, someone who you know, has this epitaph that has genuine meaning, not just to the Marines and the people that they, finger quotes, serve, but to the world nobles as well. There is this idea that you can make someone that powerful bleed, whether that's, you know, you capture him, you kill him. I think it has the same effect. I think that makes Blackbeard a significantly more dangerous force to be dealing with. His bounty is probably going up. I mean, this it's one of his subordinates. Kuzan's getting one, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. for dang sure. Um, and we already know he's a Titanic captain. That was finally confirmed. Correct. But I, th- I, I think, like, the thing to remember, too, and you touched on this a lot, when I think this this whole construction of how the world of one piece works in relation to the Marines, it very much is like Oda being obsessed with Stratego or civilization or just this massive sort of like, if I use my resources here, I lose the ability to use them over here. A lot of what they do a lot. I think there's some confusion sometimes in the story of people are like, why didn't the world government do this? They have people power enough. Why didn't they just go kill big mom? The to, to what you're saying, the emperors are useful to them. Right. Because the emperors stop small fry. They basically like they took care of the worst generation for the Marines. The Marines didn't have to lose a single person to get rid of Yusuf's kid, for example, to get rid of um how many like all of them almost at this point, except for a select few. Basil Hawkins, gone. Um Beige is still out there, but barely. So I think that like there is this strategy to it. It was like, yeah, they're either going to get assimilated into the Yonko system or they're just going to, you know, peter out. And that's why they didn't intervene at first with the Straw Hat raid, which they probably knew about or when they heard about because, well, they did know about it, right? Because CP0 was there. Right. Um, but of course, they looked at it as like, this is an opportunity for Kaido to kill Luffy. And they wanted that more than they wanted Luffy to beat Kaido. Right. Yeah. In, in Wano, in Wano's case, it was very obvious. It was it, whatever was going to happen um, was going to destabilize the region enough. But yeah. But even then, you know, they wanted to evaluate the situation, see what was going to happen. Um, but we could extrapolate this up all the way to Emu. What did he say just a few chapters ago? They genuinely don't care. Like I've always had the question of why was Lu- if the D is such a big deal, why has Luffy just been allowed to run around with that name? Why has Garp been allowed to run around with that name? Why don't you just go deal with every single person with D in their name? Um, you know, you think about Law. Like Law hid his, but like Luffy's just always had it. He's never given it any thought. And Emu answers this question. It, it's not a big deal. They don't know what it means. As long as they don't know what it means, why do I care? Same with the Poneglyphs. If the Poneglyphs are just a thing to get pirates treasure, it's annoying. It's a problem. But you have these emperors who each of them are hoarding one. It prevents any of them from getting any further information. Why disrupt that until you get a big super weapon you could drop down on all of them from the sky? Like, sure. 
it makes it makes a lot of sense now that we've seen so much more of how this puts together. Um, and 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 so again, for one of these emperors to not play ball that way and take down a Garp and recruit another admiral to his side, like that's, I mean, that's a. If I were Sakazuki, I would take that as a personal challenge. Personally, I'd be like, "All right, where are those kid robots we were using? We need to uh, deal with a problem, you know, kind of situation." I think that might even be one of a one of the various triggers of this, you know, ever present war that we all sense is kind of coming and has been threatened by Oda multiple times. Right, which is why I think when we do go to Egghead next, I think that first of all we're going to see, I think, a lot of Kizaru coming in and i think we're going to get further expansion of like what the admirals are capable of beyond what we've already seen and on top of that i I have been thinking a lot too about what happens next for kobe and his sort of trajectory at this point his dream is to become an admiral what better way to become an admiral than to defeat one and in this case he'd be defeating the admiral who possibly killed or led to the killing of his mentor um i think that this is like a strategic move on oda's part being like end game 1v1 is probably going to be kuzan and kobe i know we've said it before but i yeah i think that's what it's going to come down to do you, do you think kobe has had the time and the training to to, to do that he's got this i, I believe so. in him travis i mean i, mean, I want to believe in him too but he i mean he was younger than luffy you yeah know. he's 18 right now in the story and but i mean look at how much he has grown in three four years i I think i will will grant that uh i will grant that we like we said we we don't even know what happened at rocky port still we don't know what he did kobe is also considered a hero uh he won hibari's heart that's all i need to know and also (laughs) also i'll say that uh i think with kobe we're one hinted training arc away from him showing up and causing it because i think that yeah like all we really need is him showing up at the doorstep of like ex Drake or something and just being like, teach me how to be cool. And he'll be like, all right. And then we won't see Kobe again for three years. But then when we do, he'll be even more buff. I don't know. We could, uh, we could have a late stage, uh, a deus ex, uh, gecko Moria and fill him with, uh, <laughs> uh, the 300 shadows and get nightmare Kobe. That's an option. Nightmare Kobe. I love it. I'd love it so much. Um, it's a straightforward chapter. I, I definitely like on a, on a broader level. I enjoyed the banter. I love seeing a little bit more Prince Grew just being like, eh, "Garp, I'm the future of the Navy, right?" Like that was funny. Helmepo nice. being a little uh, a little coward again. Yeah. What a you know after after wanting so badly to be right where he is, like go get Kobe, and then just absolutely flips the script. Like, oh, I I should have gone and been on the boat. <laughs> um, Habari super cute you know she's like i'm sorry but we know she's okay she's fine she's like i'm sorry i was a burden and we're like you were hibari but you know you did it for kobe and then you know he's gonna hopefully save you and uh, you're gonna have to go to your dad sakazuki and explain what's going on here um i'm holding to that theory that I, would be great <laughs> i would love that genuinely I, I i believe in it especially i just love the idea of like a kainu having to like you know, respect uh, Kobe at some point if Kobe's actually like, you know, does something like that. I don't know. I, um, I would, I, what I would love is a whole cover story dedicated to Sakazuki doing everything he can to break that relationship up. Like, like a little rom-com <laughs> slice yeah, of yeah. like, like, like Sakazuki's like desk job into... <laughs> episode, you know? 
He like puts laxatives in Kobe's coffee, but Kobe, it makes him stronger. And he's just like, wow, I've never had this much energy. He's like, what uh, What the hell? (laughs) Well, let me ask you, um, what do you think are the odds that this just doesn't end well at all? Oh, you mean like like everybody's captured? Just like everybody loses. Like, what if this is a, what if this is another annihilation sequence we're about to see? Like, just, just not necessarily that there's odds of it, but like. What, what do you think? Of I that think it's idea? so unlikely. It's too big of a, it's too big of like a victory for Blackbeard. It's, it's just too much. I think that if it was the entirety of the Blackbeard pirates and Blackbeard himself, sure. But we're only talking about a handful of the Titanic captains. A few of them are already down for the count. Uh, we have what three of them right now who are still in action. I think that actually, no, cause I think Kuzan is down. Um, he, I think we see him, like take a pretty sizable hit. I don't think we see him after that, but I don't think he's, he's probably going to get back up. He's probably not going to, he's not at full strength. And I think that he's going to, you know, if he does one more thing, I think that it's going to not be in desperation. I I think that, I think everybody's getting out of this, but Garp is my prediction. I hope at least. Yeah. These days, I just, I don't know. You know, maybe we go back and see where that pays off for a whole nother chapter. But, uh, you know, things feel a lot more tense than they used to. Um, there's it really does feel like there's something upsetting coming um, down the line. Uh, and, and I think a Garp going down or his whole fleet going down, kind of paying for picking a fight like that. I mean, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. How Were you surprised that their their attack wasn't the sort of like sky splitting uh, Ryu kind of attack? that we've been seeing more often because we see i think black lightning that you know suggests that both characters are using conqueror's hockey i don't that's obviously not confirmed but you know it would make sense if that's what ultimately brings garp down to you know on his back you know that's an interesting question because i mean it does cause a pretty sizable explosion it doesn't like split the sky i think I think the sky splitting thing, especially in Wano, was really supposed to be about the symbolism more than anything else. Um, you know, there there were clouds all over the place. This is more of a this looks like more of a daytime battle, honestly. Um, so I, I think it's just more of it was more dynamic to put an explosion um, with you know associate that continue associate that with Garp um, more than anything else. Um, it, I don't know if it was Conqueror's Hockey. It looks like Conqueror's Hockey, like the the lightning, like the lightning-esque effect kind yes. of seems that way to me. Um, it's kind of interesting that it's not as uh, clear as you would think it would be normally, uh, but that's, that's definitely when what it is feels it ever like. clear? <laughs> We've been debating who has Conqueror's Hockey endlessly since 2010. <laughs> like I just, True, true. I don't know. Uh, right? Um, that's a, that's an interesting concept though, because Conqueror's Hockey is generally, you know, talked about as like only a select few could do it. Um, and so if, if both of these men have it, that's kind of an interesting uh, little addendum to, you know, the, you know, the, the power that you have isn't earned, you know, isn't just gifted to you, you have to earn it. Uh, but I mean, it could just be that they weren't actually giving it 110%. Maybe. I mean, it took a, it took a lot for Luffy and Kaido to split that sky. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, and also, yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, Garp really lays it on the line where he's like, consider yourself expelled. You dunce. Yeah. What like, a, what a man. cool, what a, what's some cool lines this, this, uh, this chapter. I mean, weirdly not a super talky chapter. 
there's not a lot of like standout jokes or anything like that. You know, they don't really find time for the humor. Um, but ah, that those two lines are so good. They are. I can't get over how good they are. Um, seriously, that Kuzan's line cuts deeper than anything, than any punch. I'm, any honestly, I'm it was so... laced with Conqueror's hockey. If anything, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm so excited to see the anime get a hold of this whole thing. It's such a massive battle. And it, 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 you can like just reading it, feel the scale of it. I want to see Garp like just facing down this legion of pirates from all over the place and like the chaos of it. And I definitely, definitely want to see Gruce's clay mace in action. Um, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. wrote that down. I was like, I need to make a point of that. Do you think the anime will follow the exact pacing of the chapters and go back and forth between these? Or do you think they'll do it in such a way that whatever we get of all of this battle on Hachinosu, that's a whole episode or two? They've done that before, right? Like they've kind of changed it up so that the, yeah, the pacing pacing isn't so scattered. It would make more sense. Yeah. To just like segment this out. Um, And I'm fine with it either way, because I think that in this case, the anime would just sort of be adjusting a a release schedule that is based more around marketing and hype and synergy with the anime sometimes than it is like the best way to tell the story. Because, yeah, my opinion is why why have this here? I kind of wonder a lot of like why why put the emu stuff in the middle of it? You know what I mean? And I do think it's because they are transitioning from this moment into uh, what happens next next to Egghead with the Marines, right? We're hopefully going to see the Marines like actually making it to Egghead in some way, or maybe they'll already be there. So like this would be the nice transition as opposed to, you know, the whole like Sabo and revolutionaries and Lily thing. But then in that case, why not just move the reverie stuff before this? So that's the thing that's kind of, confusing me and and, and, i don't know it It, could just be one of those things where he was like where oda was thinking like oh because this was more of the blackbeard stuff and you wanted to be clear like where the blackbeard pirates were and so people weren't like oh blackbeard's gonna show up i don't know i don't know i i I think a part of it does have to do with the breaks too because oda definitely likes to try to if he if we're going on a break even if it's for just like a week he really tries to give us something to chew on he doesn't want like a mid fight scene to be the thing we go on a break for. Sometimes it's unavoidable, but you know, you think about like the last couple of chapters we got before his surgery, they had some of the most wild revelations we've ever had in the entire series. Right. And that kind of served to give us something to chew on and really think about for that whole amount of time. Oh, it is so nice. He, he single-handedly powered the monetization of YouTube channels everywhere. Yeah, for I mean, literally, that's I mean, he we know he's aware of this. <laughs> so like, but but I do, you know, he he thinks about this on a week to week basis. He thinks about what the reaction of a reader is going to be picking up uh, an issue of Shonen Jump off the shelf, a kid in Japan. He wants them to be satisfied. And if that's, you know, and if they're not going to get a chapter next week for whatever reason, you know, he. I think he does genuinely want to make sure that he's given a little bit extra into that. So I think that's kind of impacted the 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 way this has gone because we've we've gotten past calling this egghead realistically, right? Like th- this is 
a, a whole Egghead and Friends. Egghead and Friends, really. We, I think <laughs> I think a few I think a while ago we had talked about the idea of this being viewed as more like a tournament arc. And I think now that feels more true than before. You think so? Like yeah, I mean, uh, we've gotten straight up fights ending. Like hmm. think about Law Did, and Blackbeard, you think about Shanks and Kid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like this definitely is more like akin to like I know this is called the final saga. I don't know if um the Egghead arc is the official title. I've heard this also called the Future Island arc. And uh, yeah, I don't Future know if that's Island like... does seem to be what the Japanese is using to refer to a bunch of stuff, but I don't think it's got an official title yet because we don't know how long it's going to be, honestly. Yeah. Um, no, obviously, I don't think it's the last arc, but um, clearly, clearly the way that we're going to be measuring what is an arc and what can be in an arc is going to change. Um, I think it'd be very funny if at the end of like all of this, we get a, you know, like a page that reveals like, oh, this is the aftermath of the egghead incident. And then when we go back to egghead, we get, you know, we know how it ends and it's all about how did how in the world did that happen? Something just it, incredibly unbelievable. And then like everything else from there. And, and we needed all of this context to get to it. You know, something like that kind of feels like where we're going. I just I just love so much that in this arc it, we have seen so much happen. It's been so much denser. We haven't gone through the whole rigmarole of here are 20 to 30 new characters who are I'm sure are lovely, but it's like can we just, you know, get to the good part? And uh, I mean, this has just I mean, been we've nothing done but good that, parts. Though. We I mean we've done that though, haven't we? You think well, about I mean, the, the Vegapunks Mega are characters we knew about, though. They're not totally new characters in the sense that, like, we're going to an island and we're just sort of like, here's a short story, you know, essentially. Uh, you know, it, but, it, it's I mean, all you been very about, tied. I know, but you think about Marines. This is the most that Law's crew's ever been relevant to a story. Um, I think we're still doing it. I think it's just there's a lot more scale happening. And, yeah. and because we keep moving between thing to thing to thing, nothing necessarily feels like we've been doing it too long. That's a thing that happens a lot in One Piece when you're reading it week to week is it feels like every week you've gotten the same Rebecca flashback over and over again. And maybe Why, that's true, but Why? You know. <laughs> <sighs> well, uh, that's everything that I wanted to bring up with the chapter. Um, I'd be down to uh, do a little anime check in if he wants to be a uh, probably have a few minutes to go here and i know this is uh a little tighter of a, a recap than usual is there is there anything though that we we wanted to cap off uh no actually i think that really that really covers it i this is just it was very breezy very breezy of a chapter yeah. not short but i mean it's it's just very straightforward this is this is one of those ones that again i don't think oda would like to go into a break week with um yeah. so that's kind of where i feel like we're at pacing wise only two present day locations, you know, Hachinosu and like the one page of like the G1. That's it. G1. And uh, yep. the flashback. So like pretty easy. Uh, okay. Anime check in. A uh, lot of stuff out there. A lot of stuff popping. Um, I just watched Zom 100. Uh, I think it's brilliant. No notes. Uh, I'm already teed up episode two. It's going to happen. Uh, most ironic show of the season considering the what it's saying about work culture um and like uh mappa in general um the the people who make it i, I don't know if you if you've been watching zom 100 or not 
yes. Yeah, so uh, Zom 100 has a very, uh, it turns out, possibly very straight up. We are going to call out another studio shot I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, this is a new studio, which is, you know, just formed by other professionals and everything. But it don't look like it. That's for sure. It um, looks so cutting edge. I mean, yeah. um, and speaking of, yeah, cutting edge, uh, like you, I have been watching nothing but uh, the girl who forgot her glasses, uh, your favorite of the season. And uh, <laughs> we had one of our disc, one of our uh, discord the girl I mods. like forgot her glasses. Sorry. Yeah. One of our discord mods pinged me directly and was like, I need you to watch the first th- three minutes of this. Ugh. That's all you need to do just to watch. Why would you do that minutes. to your eyes? Well, it's so, you know, and, and, and I know him. He's, he's a good guy. So I'm like, all right, you know, it's probably he's a bit funny. of a prankster, sounds like. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. And I hadn't looked at this beyond knowing it was on the on the list because uh, it, there's a lot of anime. So oftentimes I will just pull the full list and I will go to our writing team and be like, here's everything. You know, what do we want more information on? That kind of thing. So I didn't know too much going in. Good Lord. <laughs> The assault on the eyeballs that is – I'm watching this, and I will just spoil it so that you all do not have to go watch the first three minutes of this anime. But um, it opens with the the main protagonist walking to school and talking about the girl that he likes. And it is the most mind-boggling shot sequence I have ever seen in anything. That I includes live-action film. I, I love it. Just, it's so – bizarre it's so they do this weird, I I they do this weird dutch angle 3d <laughs> tracking thing and it makes his legs look like he's stilt man um but like uh but also like a wibbly arm tube man at the same time it does this weird rotational shot around staircases it, it the, the the positioning of cameras when he's supposed to be like talking to her in his mind makes him look like he's seven feet tall and See, i'm like what is going on with this guy's right. legs and then and then the logo for go hands appears at the center of the screen and i go from what is going on to ah yep that checks out yeah immediately Uh, immediately i here's why i love it um i love finding cheap ways to simulate the experience of being high and (laughs) that this is one of the cheapest ways yet uh you can just watch it and be like i didn't have to smoke anything i didn't have to take an edible i just got to turn the key and here we are because I loved it. I was smiling. I was just like, I love how weird and stupid and horrific this is. I want everyone to watch it. I want to share it with my parents. Uh, I didn't. I pulled I pulled back on that. Um, it's just uh, good, old, good old go hands. Uh, and then the funniest part about that experience was the next day when Ali popped into a chat that I'm in and brought up uh, another anime and was like, this is the worst tracked thing I've ever seen. It wasn't the girl I like forgot her glasses. It was a different series. And I'm like... And I'm like, who did that show? And they're like, oh, it's it's a, it's a company called Go Hands. I'm like, oh yeah, that's just what they do. That's, that's what, what do you do. mean somebody gave Go Hands two anime in a season? They're innovators, <laughs> Are you Travis. Kidding? That's all. Uh, I mean, that's their claim. That's the claim. Uh, speaking of innovation, um, I I mentioned this on uh, the In Between Draft Slack that going from Zom 100 to My Tiny Senpai episode to episode, highly recommend. <laughs> brilliant brilliant choice on my part because i was just like laughing and slapping my knee and just being like i have a funny existence don't i 
I knew, I knew my tiny senpai was going to be bait for you the second I saw it. I was You're uh, like, oh no, a for our, for our writers meeting, which you did not make it to last time, uh, which made it even better. Uh, I, what I do just to give everybody listening a peek behind the curtain, what I do is I go month by month through the season and call out different series and things like that. And I put my tiny senpai on the list exclusively for you. I was like, and here's this that John will probably be interested in based on the premise. <laughs> a little mean, but I, I, I can't blame you. Um, I know Ali Johnson, um, obvious co-host of the show who doesn't come on for One Piece content. She, uh, she's been, I think, pretty happy with uh, Hori Mia so far. The season two, that's not really a season two. It's sort of filling in the blank, the blanks of the anime with scenes from the manga. I kind of decided, though, that I was just going to read the manga I just do that because uh, I, I don't know. Um, I've been getting more interested in manga lately over anime for different for, for reasons that have to do with, you guessed it, domestic girlfriend. And then one anime I do want to start uh, that I haven't yet is Undead Murder Farce. I have that on my list. I still have to catch up on Oshinoko. Please stop bothering me, everybody who knows that it'll change my life. Uh, yes, I am a huge, ginormous Kaguya stan. Um, Reign of the Seven Spellblades, I, I started and have been liking. Uh, I just wanted to put that one out there, Travis, because that, that to me felt very much like uh, filling my mashal hole, you know, of like, let's make fun of Harry Potter, but also do it better at the same time. Can you believe that Shonen Jump once again has a hit anime that's going to go at least a couple of seasons and it just ended in their magazine? I know, right? It, Yet it again. really is. Well, you know, let me tell you about Domestic Girlfriend, which is 277 chapters and uh, well, 276. <laughs> and uh I'm literally, I read all 276 chapters and it's changed my life, altered the course of my life. Certain things have happened, life decisions because of that manga. I've expressed this to both you and Ali, much to both of yours. I I really need you to explain what this manga is about before you go any further. It is the wildest thing I have ever read of any story. Not just, not just manga, not just, no, just any medium, any domestic girlfriend. The whole premise of it is that you meet this guy who is 16 years old. His name is Natsuo. And he has a single father. His mother died when he was like six years old. And he has a huge crush on his teacher. His teacher is 21. And she's been working at the school for a while, uh, for just a year. And he has this big crush on her because they have these like rooftop chats. This is all the first chapter. Okay. And He knows that he has to get over this because he knows he doesn't have a shot with her as much as he loves her, as much as she's best girl. So what ends up happening is he goes to a karaoke mixer and there's this very standoffish girl there. But for some reason, she still finds him kind of interesting or maybe more different than the other guys. And she takes him back to her place and asks him to have sex with her because she wants to just lose her virginity and finally just do it for a reason we don't even find out exactly why she does it until later in this arc so and yes it is an arc it's a powerful arc it's it makes one piece arcs look look like peacetime uh but so he loses his virginity to this girl and she's just like i don't want to see you again and he's like yeah whatever um but he's obviously like very like he still he hoped that it would help him get over the crush he has on his teacher his sensei his dad comes up to him and it's like son I got remarried or I'm going to get remarried and I want you to meet the family of the, uh, the woman I'm going to marry. And he's like, okay, whatever. Uh, that's fine. So he meets his stepmother to be, and wouldn't you know it, she has two daughters. One of them is his teacher. And one of them is a girl he just lost his virginity to end of chapter. 
no break next week because you're never going to take a break. You're just going to keep reading over and over again. And Travis, I lost my mind. <laughs> Around chapter 250, I just, I stopped being able to function. I, <clears throat> it just, it, you earlier used the word good. It made me laugh. I didn't know what to do. I was like, good? You think that word sums it up? You think you could just describe this manga? And by the way, uh, this is actually really important. The anime is trash. I started with the anime. The anime is bad, like straight up bad. It does not understand what is appealing about the manga. And in all seriousness, there is something deeply prim primally appealing about the manga. The creator, Sasuga K, is a genius, actually. I've already started her next work. And I, I'm not kidding around when I say that she is a genius who uses trash to kick ass. That's who she is. And I will be following in, in her footsteps uh, as her number one otaku for the rest of my life. But read the manga. Do not watch the anime. The anime, the anime is a waste of time. I mean, I mean, there's a part of me that still cannot tell if you if you were saying that you're that you have lost all function because it's like actually good, or because it's actually bad and it's so bad it's good. I cannot tell. There's no way it's to like, tell without actually reading this. It defies the idea of like what makes something good versus what makes it bad because this this. Manga makes you scream. It makes you ache. Travis, I had I had like a bad day after a certain chapter. Like I couldn't, I, I was just like, I was just sad. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, what did I do? Like what? <laughs> this doesn't, this doesn't change anything. It's still, I, left work I still can't early. tell if you loved it or not. <laughs> I loved it more than words can describe, Travis. I, I was hoping that was clear. Also, this is important too. The, the manga is done. It has the wildest ending. Like the ending of it, I don't think you could possibly, possibly predict the ending of this. Like, it is so bat crazy. Like, it's just nothing. Like, the best way to describe it, I sent you a video to this effect. It is if an, a manga was a soap opera, essentially. Uh, the creator has said that she wanted to make a soap opera manga. And that probably will make you be like, well, I don't like soap operas. What do you like? Trust. Just trust. Like, it's just, you'll understand. You'll understand. Um, Alia said that she's going to to read it. I already feel bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally, I, I, mean, I don't usually read I mean, read everybody manga. is going to have to read it because I still cannot 100% tell if you loved it or if you're messing with me. I still, I like, there's that little part of me that just can't tell. And that's I selfishly my own irony want poisoning. To, I selfishly want you to read it so that you can understand and talk to me about it. But it is also one of those things where like, you're better off just like, continuing in where you are now and just not having this this albatross around your neck everywhere you go because that's my, what's my happened guy, to me. I've, I've been reading run one piece since i was a kid <laughs> that that ship has sailed one piece one piece has always been escapism for me it's like man this is that world where things feel right Ka uh, i almost said kaguya domestic girlfriend is so different it, it's like it messes with you it gets in your head it's like a disease and you want to give it to other people, but you don't because you want it for yourself almost. Um, that's just so yeah. one piece. I never <laughs> like, feel like I average. want to keep one piece to myself. I always want to, yeah. to spread the word on that. Yeah, so, no, that's what I mean. Is like you, you become so mind poisoned, you have to give your brain slug to someone else. But it's hey, like for the price of you know half a Dressrosa and the Wano arc, you get a whole manga from beginning to end that will make you question the idea of like what's possible with storytelling, but maybe not even not in a good or bad way. So 
I, I seriously, I never incredible, reread. Incredible. I never reread manga. Like if I ever reread manga, it's because it's like sections that maybe I watched from just the anime and then I moved to the manga. Like I never feel like when I end something, I'd want to start it again. I did feel that way a bit with Kaguya Summits, one of my favorite stories of all time, but this is different. I had to do it for my own sanity. Like it was an addiction. It was like a, a compulsion to like go back. And so here I am. And, um, yeah, I don't know how many times I'm going to read this thing. I'm trying to get out of it. I'm like a couple of cuckoos. I could read that manga. Uh, it got so desperate, Travis. I started reading the Demon Slayer manga. Travis. You hate that. <laughs> the Demon Slayer manga, the one that I hate, you which hate actually, that. by the way, I read, I read about 30, 40 chapters and it, it kind of, it does pick up. It does, it does get to the point where I was like, you know what? I was too harsh. Maybe I judged you too harshly. Demon Slayer. So. I mean, 30, 40 chapters is still a lot to ask. Um, I hear you. Again I, again, I realize I'm saying that on a One Piece podcast, but... Well, I don't think I talked about <laughs> it on here, but I think that uh, I did I did finish the Swordsmith Village arc on the, the anime, and I thought that that had a really strong ending. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I, I'll go for it. I'll read what happens next. And I was like, hey, this feels a bit more sort of like getting back to basics a bit. So that's all. Anyway, yeah, I, oh, I ranted that, and ranted. Yeah, no, that, that ends really, really good. Um... They, they, they've been killing it um kind of love that they didn't announce a movie after that i'm gonna be real with you that was that was super chill of them to do um uh for my part uh for summer season i haven't done too much yet because frankly speaking i'm still catching up on things um but uh of course uh jujitsu kaisen season two has begun um if you've read it you know that basically all of season two is going to be nothing but pain central but they're doing a really good job at uh, selling this it, we basically are in the middle of a, of a full-on flashback arc it's not even just a little bit of a flashback here and there it is a full arc um and it's an important arc because it does a lot of setup for what the rest of the stories could it be uh but it has to make that interesting and i think the team at mappa has really they've got a new director and a new director of photography and i think they've really keyed in on what what um i think is going to do that um and that's going to be a particular relationship in in the show it's they're uh, they're killing it there. Um, Allie is reviewing those for in between drafts, uh, which is great because she hasn't read it. So it's very fun for me to sit and like while I'm editing, see what she thinks is going on and be like, oh, oh, just wait. <laughs> just you wait. Uh, and then uh, for me, of you course, love being that guy in the editor's chair, huh? I, I really, really do. It's so it is so much fun to be like to know what's coming. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's going to be great. Uh, seriously, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen doesn't have a break in between cores uh, this season, and that is going to ruin some people's um, moods, that's for sure. Uh, uh, and then, of course, for my part, I have resumed my uh, self-imposed duty to continue watching the, uh, the, the Bleach revival for its final arc. Um, and we have reached the moment where... Uh, if, if you've read it and uh, agree with me, it's uh, not as strong as the rest of the series. Um, but I will say, um, and if you have read my reviews on the, the page, you'll get this as well. The studio pirouette is absolutely killing it visually. They have, a, a, to the point where I would say that they have genuinely taken material that would otherwise be okay, just okay, and made it feel way more dynamic and way more potent. Um, in a lot of later Bleach, 
um, the manga, especially in this arc. There is a lot of liminal space that uh, Taitakubo uses to, you know, kind of make you feel boxed in, kind of make you feel otherworldly. So the backgrounds are very white. There's a lot of white space in these backgrounds. Um, that doesn't really work in anime. So what Pirouette decided to do instead was pick a very, very vibrant red to make the sky and then a very, very deep kind of indigo um, for the, the actual buildings and the environment. And then use a very, very light shade of color grading to shadow literally every character in this environment um, to really make this otherworldly feeling. And it genuinely makes things better. It like like they they've made tweaks to the story as well. Uh, Kubo is helping with the production, so it's not like they're going against his wishes or anything. They've made tweaks here and there to kind of make things more interesting, um, kind of clean some stuff up. And we're and I think starting the next episode, we're going to get some real proper an uh, anime only content as well um, that I think is going to improve it. But really, um, just visually, it is it is up there with with the actual high end top you know triple A anime productions. Um, which is not something the series could have ever gotten on its weekly schedule. Um, and that's, uh, that's very exciting, even if the, I think the material is a little bit weak. So that's been great um, to a point. Uh, good. When it's over, I may finally autopsy this poor thing, but I have been thinking in the back of my mind about Bleach's ending for like 15 years now. So, oh boy. Oh boy. We'll get there. You're different that's from a, me. I, I stopped thinking about Bleach, I think, right around the time I was 17. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I think if this I is was smart, for me. I would have. I would have. No, I saw Bleach through originally all the way to the end. So so I was there on the cusp of the of of the choices that they make in the final few chapters. And honestly, for a very long time, I lived under the impression that the the, the because the anime had gotten canceled. And then this arc ends in such a weird way. I operated under the idea that the manga had been cut short. They told him, hey, you get X amount of chapters, you're done. And it wasn't until this anime came out and he started doing interviews about it that that is apparently not the case. <laughs> so take what take what you will of that. Uh, but that's uh, uh, that's one of the anime that has kept me up at night many, many times for a long time. Let me tell you, long, long time. Well, we'll be catching up on that and a whole lot more, I think. Um, maybe we'll do another anime check-in next week or just hold it off. Maybe our break week will cover um, what we've been watching and reading lately. I have plenty of manga uh, recommendations myself uh, that I'd like to oh, collect yeah. for you all. And by a lot of them, I mean one. Uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we didn't bring up, though, and we probably should. It really feels like we're getting Gear 5th in a week or two, max. We're yeah, right I think there. there's an official date for it, August 5th. Yeah, we're right there. It, I mean, Luffy got uh, hammered this week, so it's it's coming. We're yeah, there. I think, could, I think we'll be getting the tease of it in the next episode, and then yeah, after yep. that, uh, yep. <laughs> we've been we've been sending each other memes left and right about Gear Five, and it's been the anticipation. Um, it's been a fun is, journey. It's weird. I feel like I knew that something big was going to happen at the climax of Wano. I read the I reread the entire series in anticipation for it. But I feel like now that I know what that thing is, the anticipation for the anime version of it is is almost too much. I'm like, come on, let's because everything's been great. Everything has been stellar leading up to it. They have they have absolutely been killing it for a while now. Um, 
which is not something I would say about the One Piece anime in general. So, yeah, I, I can't wait. Cannot wait. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back next week for the next chapter. Until then, thank you all for listening. And uh, don't forget to head up the Discord. Uh, if you haven't already, links to everything we talked about the intro are in the show notes. We'll see y'all later.